Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our season two Q&A. So I think the first question is, how do you guys feel about the second season now that it's over? Broad. (laughs) A broad place to start. (laughs) Good. Positive. Yeah. I like it. I'm happy with it. Okay. I had a blast. Just, you know, it was really a pleasure to be able to go in and out of some other games. Uh, I'm just happy with looking at this season and being able to say that we, we kind of tried this thing that was a little different and and it just it felt like it worked really well and it was an absolute blast to do so all right so first question is is there a new pregame pump up song we haven't used music in forever no we fell off the pregame pump up song real hard uh, we can come up with one we there sure could be another one but <laughs> probably should be another one but here we are <laughs> musicless and dead inside i'm gonna open <laughs> spotify and I'm just going to give, I'm going to open all of my liked songs and I'm going to give one good swipe. Okay. And then wherever we land, that's a new pump up song. Oh boy. Okay. It's, it's got nothing by spoon. That's not bad. I know we can't play you, music. You in looked the show. at me as if I would know. Oh no, God, no. You have <laughs> any idea what that was. If anyone was going to not know, it's you. <laughs> I'll play this for our benefit. You yeah, you have to cut it out there. Yeah. That's not a bad pump up song. Yeah. Where so, was that when we needed it? On my phone. Ready and waiting. <laughs> Question for TJ. Uh, the effect of TJ's magical ring, where did that go? And did it go away when he turned into a werewolf? The effect of my The ring. one that made you look like the dude from Modern Family? Well, it was destroyed whenever I turned into a werewolf. That was sort of a, a, a group decision sort of thing. I assume it has something to do with my fingers growing bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of like, bink, snaps off. Yeah, it was a real minor footnote, but I, I feel like I remember at some point we said that when you guys got all of your stuff back, that that ring was not there, that it had been destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was the mention of Rev in Yaga's speech early on about who you should and shouldn't trust the first clue that Rev was not who he was, but this other version of Nash? Was that even a clue? Had you come up with the Rev Nash connection already at that point? Uh, I don't know if that was the first clue. It definitely was a clue. Uh, I threw that name in the middle of a long list 
um, just to see if it would catch anybody's ear. Really, the first clue, I think, was probably how handy he got with magic. Um, We kind of established early on that he wasn't a very good practitioner. He could do very minor things. He had to use like herbs and stuff to even heal a point of damage. Um, And then at the point where Nash took over, he became much more competent in the types of magic he could use and was doing a lot more stuff. But gosh, that was episode, we talked about this just the other day, like episode 16, I think, where he got taken over. So yeah, the Nash connection had been made at that point. I knew who was inside of that body because I I think even before we talked about it at the table, I knew that I wanted to use this traveling to other dimensions to be other game systems. So uh, that was in place then. Uh, did Damien resolve the stuff with his mom? No, not yet. My God, in game, that happened, that happened like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you guys can reset to when you left, when you come through the portal. Holy crap. Yeah. We're going to have to start pacing ourselves. We're going to live like 10 lifetimes in one if we if we keep <laughs> using that fucking scroll thing. Seriously, though. Oh, my God. We met Partum and Estin in Dungeon World. Did you place any other twins that the players didn't get to meet? Um, the only ones that I specifically had placed, you know, you never know where the story is going to go. So I don't want to plan out too much because that's just a lot of unnecessary work uh, that may never get used. Um, But the people who I did have placed, I did have Strom and Ferguson. Uh, Strom was in the place where they had stolen the necklace of the North Wind. Uh, So if they had went there to investigate that area, they would have found her as the mummy guardian of that place. Um, Nice. And then Ferguson was one of the, I don't know if envoy is the right word, but he was somebody from the elven kingdom who was with the Iron Striders as kind of their consult. That's awesome. Okay. So yeah, those were the only two that I had specifically placed when we started. I'm glad that we got to meet. Oh, Oh, right. Yeah, but because of that, you got to spend a lot of time with Estin, which I never imagined. <laughs> which we all want to do because of the voice, right? Yes, right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how much planning went into Dungeon World? Twelve. Twelve. I was going to say twelve. Twelve <laughs> plannings. We came up with continents and continent names. Um, I think that's really all we did as a group other than create the characters and talk about their backstory. So we did create a little bit of history for the world. I know we put in like a war that Jake had fought in and had decided who that was between. Um, we talked about Tass's group, how they were kind of separated from a lot of the rest of civilization. Um, and then we talked about the Iron Striders and what they did. So we we did a little bit of kind of backstory for the world in character creation. Uh, and then on my side, it was just really making the map and setting a couple of the pieces that I knew were there. Um, Grigori and Baba Yaga being kind of the two big ones. And then really, I just followed the Dungeon World guide that they have in the book of, you know, this is different from Monster of the Week in that they kind of tell you to actually make out a map of the dungeon and just leave rooms empty for people to discover things and to add things. Um, so I actually did do some some dungeon mapping for this game. I really like that. I, I just thought that that was built very well into the game to be able to create as you go. I think it is more well done than some of the other games that have tried it. And really like the the creating the lore as you go is like I think one of the cool freeing sort of factors of the game. Yeah, that's still one of my favorite moves in any of the games that we yeah. have played is okay, so yeah, I want to know about this. Okay, so you succeed on your roll. Tell me about it and just mm-hmm. generating the lore there. Right. Uh the mimic and the uh <laughs> <laughs> the mimic and the changeling. The changeling, yes. Uh what is your character's theme song? Well, I, I 
I'd probably have to say dust in the wind uh, at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I thought long and hard about this and I can't, there are so many, there are so many for different situations that I could think of. I'm going to go with Diamond Hoo-Ha Man by Supergrass. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but I love the title. <laughs> Sounds like you just read a Mad Lib. <laughs> Everyone should listen to it. That song kicks ass. Uh, if I had to go through like a sort of like timeline of my theme songs, I think it'd be like Simple Man uh, as the uh, mm. as the mundane, and then uh, uh, Werewolves of London. <laughs> Is that a song? Oh, Werewolves of London. Yeah, Werewolves of London. No, look, I don't know better. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I know the movie school. An American it's Werewolf an old in London. School, Again, uh, you looked song. at me as if I would. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop looking at me, all of you. When You're you talk about leader. music. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, dust in the wind. <laughs> what about the What about the the scientists? Just uh, weird, weird science. science. Yeah. 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 Okay, <laughs> You're only picking songs Wingo, that Tango the title of it is exactly what you're playing. In the yeah, moment. exactly. I see, I see. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if this is character or just me in life, but I lean towards break stuff because it's just an angry song about breaking stuff and being mad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just you. Your character in the game is very compassionate. And- that's true. Let's go with uh, Offspring Defy You because it's about like, no, we're doing this and you're not going to stop us from doing the right thing. So we're doing it. Nice. Okay. What was the yield on Mosquito Dan's nuke? 12. Uh, close. It was 10. Uh, oh, 10 boy. kilotons. I'm sure I have been flagged many places. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because when I made this decision for the game, I did a bunch of research. There's a really cool website called Nuke Map where you can go and they have got a whole map of the world and you can place the coordinates wherever you want it. Uh, and then there's a drop down menu of all of the nukes that have been made so far. And then you just. Select which one you want, and you push a button, and it gives you the explosion, the fallout. Um, You can set it to tell you a bunch of different information based off if you detonate on the ground or in the air. It gives you a fallout pattern based off of the wind. It's really interesting. Wow. And also very unsettling. Yeah, my God. But yeah, so I had I had decided that for something to be lightweight enough for Dan to carry, that it would be uh, ten kilotons. Um, it was it was specifically to destroy the theater that they knew. Um, the Alpha Soul that was in, in which it would have done multiple times over. Uh, the crew had said that the world did not seem much different with Koshe on the loose, except Jake not being able to be the Divine. Was that the extent of him being loose? You know, they never had a chance because they weren't on Earth, really, after Koshe was released. Um, but there was a point, I think it was maybe off mic, they were talking about trying to track down Koshe um, before the decision to to lure him somewhere. And I think that that probably would have revealed, um, if they had started to do some search to try to find out where he might be, the thing that they would have discovered is that the death rate around the world had spiked dramatically. And it was not that people were dying, like a, how do I say that? Like a larger number of people weren't going from healthy to dead. It was nobody was recovering from being wounded or having surgery or anything that was remotely bad for your health. People were not recovering. So the death rate had like quadrupled um, in the time since he had been released. And it was just because people were not getting better from things. So there seemed to be some things in the final episode that I thought should have gotten roles that didn't. Was this because of TJ leaving? Uh, The examples they gave were Tass cutting off the vampire's head didn't take a role and uh tj trying to run at and tackle koshe didn't get a role um actually that's just me i'm trying to get more into the habit of 
either when there's no chance of failure not getting a role and when there's no chance of success not getting a role. Um, and so just because of who and what Koshe was, TJ sprinting across the snow at him after seeing Jake get knocked down, Koshe being aware that he was there was not going to be successful. It's kind of like the uh, 10 hit point dragon in Dungeon World. That If you're not trying any kind of evasive thing or using teleportation or sneaking up or whatever, it's just not going to be successful. So since TJ said he was just going to sprint straight at him and try to tackle him, it was something that Koshe could easily avoid. Uh, and then there was no chance of failure for Tass beheading that vampire. Uh, so I didn't make him roll for that. Makes sense. Uh, and then we have a question that is many, many variations of the same kind of element. Uh, so we'll list them off here and kind of go back and talk about it. Um, how early did you know TJ was leaving? Uh, how pre-planned was TJ's end? Were there multiple ideas for how he was going to leave? Was it ever planned to have TJ stay as an NPC? Could he have survived the encounter with Koshe? Uh, did everyone know he was leaving? There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, so we knew pretty early on that TJ was leaving. We knew before we left Dungeon World, actually, because we had discussed the possibility of him going with his grandfather, and that would be kind of how we dealt with him leaving. But it just didn't make sense character-wise, because TJ had, had been telling everybody, no, we have to go on, you can't give up. And so then to just have him like, okay, guys, I'm going to take off now. Yeah, see you later. Yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't seem like it fit the character. How pre-planned was TJ's end? Were there multiple ideas for how he was going to leave i mean we kicked around a number of them because we realized later than was ideal that my playbook was very explicitly designed to not allow anyone to die if it wasn't me yeah and so we had to like we had to kick around ideas like man how do we how do we get past you know i've, I've got a move that's oh if someone dies no they don't you have to do everything in your power or you die in their place yeah and we had to kick around ideas how to avoid that because when I started that playbook, that was a great idea, but that was before we knew that TJ was going to have to go. And yeah. so then we had to figure out how to avoid it. Yeah. And that was specifically too around once it was clear that it was going to be through Koshe. Um, the conversation that I had had with TJ was kind of like spoilers if anybody hasn't seen it, um, but kind of like um, Endgame that I just told TJ at some point you're going to be in a situation and I'm going to look at you and I'm going to be like, yeah, this is the moment. And it didn't end up happening that way, but I wanted to have TJ have that in mind because. We wanted to make sure that however he died um, was story related, that it wasn't something we had to force. Uh, and so I wanted to have the possibility of like, OK, well, it could happen at any time. You never know when bad rolls are going to occur. Um, so just be aware that it may come out of nowhere. But with the information they got from helping Grigori, uh, it led us into Koshe. And that kind of became clear, like, oh, you know what? This would be the good way to do it. As for how pre-planned the death was on my side of it, it was about knowing that I had all the hard moves saved up to do the things that needed to happen towards the end. Um, so if you track back, I don't take any moves that I haven't earned. Um, TJ failing to get the security reading from the North Pole, let Nash know that they were scanning that area. There's a couple other examples throughout, but everything kind of this happened, so this happened, this happened, so this happened. Um, and I had to do it in a more, I don't know if ruthless is the right way, but I had to, <laughs> I had to do it in a much more aggressive way than I normally use hard moves. There wasn't really a plan to have TJ stay on as an NPC because that either means that I would have to play him or he would need to like go away and come back on occasion. Yeah, like with with how hard we have fought for NPCs already, it would seem wild if TJ continued to exist as an NPC and we just like ignored the fact. Yeah, yeah. just like didn't interact with them. Like, oh, you don't want to hang out with us and like fight monsters some yeah. more? Hey, it was my no. <laughs> it was my destiny to protect you and keep you on this mission, but uh enjoy Cabo. Yeah. I'll see you in hell. Like <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because ultimately it came down to there were so many conversations of, no, we have to go on for these reasons. We have to go on, especially in season two, um, more so than season one. And so it just seemed impossible to have TJ stay around without him staying around. And so then uh, was there ever a chance that he could have survived Cochet? Once we knew he was leaving, no. Um, and actually, it was it was my wife who had had said it to me when we were talking about this, that it can't be that, oh, he's he's been killed and his soul is released or it can't be in question because Tass and Jake would do whatever they could for the next two, three seasons to get him back. And so I think it was I, I think the way she said it was that he has to be destroyed on a level that there is nothing left. There can be no hope of getting him back or else that's all you two would do for the next season yeah yeah kind of like what we did for for tass it was just like oh well he's dead but we're all right we can get him back no problem no we couldn't do that yeah which of course i want to mention you know if i ever do have to leave the show i don't care bring me back to life i don't care (laughs) how you justify it don't you dare leave me hanging (laughs) like if you leave of your own volition or if like you fall out of a third story window tomorrow either oh okay who's gonna play you don't matter okay i'll do it (laughs) (laughs) see i couldn't make time to be myself but being tasked would be kind of an upgrade yeah but this this i'll make time yeah no problem let me get the voice down here we go (laughs) spot on if i close my eyes i wouldn't know yeah okay And did everyone know he was leaving? Yes. Just strictly from us as a small business standpoint, like that was not information that TJ told me. And I was like, well, I'm going to keep this quiet for a while. <laughs> um, no, you know, we had to to deal with that and figure out story-wise um, how we were going to move forward. So it was something that everybody knew of as we went into that episode. Uh, are we ever going to get that Christmas Krampus episode? Uh, you know, it just depends on what world we're in when holidays come. Ooh, that's a good answer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were we were specifically in Dungeon World uh, during the holidays this year. And so. So whatever we do next, Tass, we got six months. We got to burn through this within the next <laughs> six months. <laughs> okay. How long till we get a musical episode? I look at Jake for that because he would have to write all oh that music. Oh, my God. Yeah. You give me like six months. Give me a good amount of prep to make all the music. And sure. And we have to write lyrics. It would have to be like a Christmas special that we recorded now (laughs) and acknowledge that like, oh, we're not going to talk about any like descriptive physical (laughs) characteristics because things could change in the next year because we'd have to play the game and then go back and change that game into song lyrics for everybody. Uh, And then lastly, out of all the different systems that you have gotten to play in the last two years, the show, the Let's Plays, the Patreon, what are some of your favorite games and some of your favorite mechanics? I mean, we just said it. My One of my favorite mechanics is still Dungeon World. I love that when you try to get knowledge, you either get knowledge and you generate some lore about the world, or I give you knowledge that is worse for you. Like, I just love that element of like, oh, it's not that you don't know anything. It's that you know something and it's bad news. I enjoyed the Fate of Cthulhu system in the sense that you could create any character you wanted to be like if you wanted to be a butler if you wanted to be an adventuring uh, butler butler. (laughs) (laughs) if you wanted to be uh, if you wanted to buttle a sort of cybernetic being butler you could (laughs) i'm gonna start my own game called butler fate of the butler fate of the butler um 
But you could just tailor your entire like sheet uh, around your character. And I just liked that freedom of that. Yeah, I think I'm not like super familiar with fate as a system, but I think that is kind of the nature of fate. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what fate adaptation you're playing or whatever, I think that's one of the cool things about it is you just have absolute carte blanche to like, these are the characteristics that define my person. Let's make up some things that they can do based on that. Nice. I did not, however, like the dice because I rolled a lot of negatives. So yeah, very, (laughs) very hurtful dice. Yeah. I think a few of us have talked about this too. It's like more mechanical than the way moves work, but I think we generally here at the table really like aspects of things like band of blades where you're like adding dice to your rolls for for more potential for success. Dice pools, yes. Yes. So if you have watched any of my monthly one-page reviews, every game that has dice pools, I gush over. I fucking love it. (laughs) Yeah. So that that was a lot of fun to, you know, try to be able to build things and make those deals to add. And yeah, any of that was really cool. I think my favorite mechanic of anything we've played by far is in Agon, the invoking the characteristics like in your name to declare when you were going to participate in a thing like i the kind-hearted bravos like if each of those things that you would say that applied to the situation you got to add dice to your dice pool that was awesome Uh, i really liked band of blades just as a game because i liked that setting i like the idea of this ragtag army running from this army of the undead and the fact that there are bosses out there that you could go and kill and they would give you kind of special perks and you know, going against the clock, trying to get to this location like that. That is one of those games where I keep saying I would love to do a podcast if that would be hard because you'd have to get the audience to acknowledge like, hey, we're going to start this. It could be 30 episodes and we might get to the end. It could be 12 episodes and we all die horribly. Like I just I like that world and I I like running against the clock, but also wanting to go back like, oh, we got to go back to that last zone because one of the horsemen is there. And if we kill them, what would that do for the war and stuff? I also just really liked being a dog wizard that's fair yeah when we got to play pugmire yeah it's so good i i could not figure out what the fuck you were talking about like, <laughs> uh, my the gears in my brain ground to a stop i was like what dog wizard is he talking about? i don't know why i just spaced I, I remember he could turn into a dog at one point but i don't remember that's him true. actually being magical during Monster of the Week. Yeah, for like half an episode, he could turn into a dog. (laughs) That's true. I I have been two dogs. I like for some reason when you said that, the first thing that entered my mind and wouldn't leave it was at some point when we played Monster of the Week and Rev played a talking dog. Yes. Oh yeah, that was. And I don't remember what game or when or why we're playing that, but as soon as you said Dog Wizard, that was what entered my head, and then I couldn't resolve it against like what you had said. I think that was a random one shot we played when TJ was learning to run the system for Gen Con. That's right, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Now I remember that. I played Indiana, the talking dog. <laughs> Man, I have liked so many of the games we've played so much. Yeah. That's a really, really tough call. I really liked Fistful of Darkness. And I mean, I just love Russ running the game. Like he kicks ass in that game. But I, I like that setting a lot. You know, Western stuff is radical and Western and Hellfire is a pretty cool combination. Uh, And then lastly, and I think Tass actually has the answer for this. This is going back into season one, uh, but we'll allow it. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) I didn't vote for that. (laughs) How did Reeves feel when we failed to save her? Oh, right. Yes. Um, I, I, I did talk with Reeves as, as she is my boss and she wanted to report that she did in fact openly weep when, when she died, but not because she died, but because she's a very empathic person and she knows Jake well enough to know that it would upset him very much to, to lose somebody that he's trying to protect. And so she did cry because she felt so bad that it it went south in that way. Yeah, I I know everybody has their own favorite story arcs, but Eye of Horus is is my favorite just because for me, that's where we hit that tone of what the show was going to be like that. Oh, here's something that's really funny. And now here's something that's really kind of painful. Yeah. Yeah, that's still and I think we've said it in the last one. But man, that was the first time I felt really afraid in this game. Any last thoughts on on season two? No. Any, do you have any questions? <laughs> uh, I don't I don't have a question exactly. I just want to see and know how it would have played out if TJ would have gotten through that goddamn tunnel. <laughs> that haunts me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's a it is a whole different story if TJ makes it to the Iron Striders and, you know, finds out what's going on with his father. Because, you know, we do find out later that one of the people who is sacrificed in the ritual is the person who became the leader of the Iron Striders. So um, that was definitely woven into the the tapestry of the story there. All right. Well, I think that is all for our season two Q&A. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you next week for the beginning of season three. Hey, uh, where's the captain? Uh, who are you asking? Uh, yeah, just anybody that's around. I'm fucking right here. What do you want? <laughs> the both of you make it down to Jake, and this large suit of armor is just standing there placidly watching you as you start to move around him and check on him. I think I'm a little weary of it. Weary? <laughs> I'm really tired <laughs> I'm of this shit. I'm sick of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, we've uh, taken more than a little damage. We could press forward and try to get to Dunehurst still, or we could turn back and try to get the ship repaired fully. I, the player, understand, but in character, I want to be like, you're the captain, what do you think? I don't know boats. For some reason, I was just like, eh, it's time for my monthly book club, so get the hell out. Why did it turn into Sean Connery? <laughs> because I can't do this voice. <laughs> We're reading Hunt for Red October. (laughs) And she goes down below and goes to the checklist uh, and comes back and tells you that you had given away some stewed eels and a barrel of prunes and stewed eels. Why the fuck did I pick that? Just all the diarrhea food. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of prunes. Thank God you got rid of the diarrhea food. (laughs) Didn't seem like a huge boat, so there's a whole lot more of us than there are of them. True, true. Hopefully they're not named. He pulls a piece of paper from his pocket. You ever seen the stat block of somebody who's named versus those who aren't? It's crazy. Tass just starts pointing at people and being like, Greg, David, <laughs> Lucas. And one by one, they like get jacked as he <laughs> says. And, <laughs> and one of the, the kingdoms is in this mountain that's basically right next to the ocean. Uh, it's called uh, Mount... I'm literally looking around the room. For I'm just like, <laughs> P, uh, tier, P tier Griffin. Griffin. <laughs> yeah. That crap. Maybe we'll see you again on the water sometime, but under friendlier circumstances, huh? Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're interested in joining. Uh, we've made allies out of less savory people. Maybe we'll call you. 
Oh, that or, sounds uh, good. You know, however people communicate over distance in this world. Bye. <laughs> this, this world. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> <laughs> Cars, internet, social media. Google, Google, Fly. Google. Harvey, lay down. Where's not that coming from? Not in the right direction. <laughs> oh, my leg's broken. I can't hear you. <laughs> You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. I leave that, that hole in the wall. <laughs> I want to fly out of it. <laughs> How far? Until I can't see any of this anymore. Can I use my level up for him to retire this hunter to safety? <laughs> yes. As the explosion starts to ripple out from this chest, it was not a chest, it was a crate. As the explosion starts to ripple out from this chest. You said chest again. As the chest starts to chest from this chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you head back down, and uh, there are a lot of people standing out on the deck watching the ship go like a fucking carnival cruise. <laughs> <laughs> My head's in vacation already. Um. We thought we were coming through with our bodies, too. Happened to be an accident that we didn't. I remember reading that some of our greatest scientific discoveries were by accident. Penicillin. The moon landing. <laughs> you know, it occurs to me in hindsight when TJ failed his use magic roll back in the first entrance of this world. I don't know why I didn't do it. You should have burnt the building down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, I'm trying to make sure I remember what all of those people, like what their tool set was. Because Eddie's, Eddie didn't have shit. <laughs> Eddie was just a maintenance guy, wasn't he? Well, in your world. True, everything's different. Margaret had a kid. Jake could wield lightning. TJ learned magic. Tass, dead at 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, once I get loaded up, you just F9 yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, I want to look around for the portal that I expect to be here. So I don't think you have to search very long because you kind of know what this looks like now. You know that it leaves these strange skid marks <laughs> as you turds fly out. <laughs> Keep if that, that doesn't go into a clip, I will so, yeah, yeah, forgive that's you. Right. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. After all this time... What time is it again? I feel like the clock stopped. Time was a tennis ball we could bat round the court. Time for distraction too. Time to just sink to the bottom. Time to get to the meat of this meat. Time for Greater Boston Season 4. That's right, on September 13th, Greater Boston returns with new full-length episodes released every other Tuesday. And we're... So excited for you to hear it. But also, it's been three years since our last season wrapped, so we're maybe a little worried that people might have forgotten about us. So we're asking for you to help spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers and classmates, tell your cat, tell your local subway busker. But politely and without interrupting their performance, point is... Now is a good time to share your love for Greater Boston on Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram and TikTok and wherever else you, you know, post things. Then come back on September 13th when Greater Boston Season 4 officially begins.